Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast. My name is Michelle Berman-Michael. I am your host. You guys already know that. That's boring. What is really, really cool is the person that I am about to interview to give you guys all of the goodies. Um, This is someone who I feel like I've known forever. Really, it, it genuinely feels that way. But the reality is, is I've only known her for about a year and a half, but um, this incredible woman has a lot up her sleeve and I'm really looking forward to letting her dive in. Um, But if you don't know her, you will now. Her name is Kendall Young. Uh, She is the owner of a company called Kendall Young Consulting. And that's a fun, fancy way of saying that she is a multi-income stream entrepreneur selling real estate in La Cunada, Glendale, Pasadena, that whole area while also working on her passion project, which is all about ADUs. And she has a big ADU masterclass coming up, which I'm going to let her talk about. But Kendall, I'm so, so excited to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Right on, right on. Very happy to be here. I love it. Well, Kendall, will you tell us a little bit? Because I think I just gave them the fastest possible version of who you really are. But would you give us the background on who is Kendall Young? How did you become who you are how did you start selling real estate in Southern California? So basically my life story in three minutes or less. Is that it. what you're asking me for? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's you 60 it, years that I need to pack into three minutes. That's that that's a tall ass there, little girl. I love it. Um, okay, so I am a second generation real estate agent. I started helping my mom when I was 14, licking stamps and helping her to look through the MLS book. Um, I got a job um, actually before I graduated from college with Procter & Gamble, and I figured out really, really quickly that I am terrible employee material. I just wasn't really cut out for that. So um, since mom was a successful real estate agent, I figured, what the heck? How bad could it be? It was Silicon Valley uh, in 1986, and it was just before my very first uh, market crash in 1987. Was it 87 or 88? Can't remember. I think it was 88, March of 88. So um, started as a real estate agent. And the good news is, is that I was a relatively hot chick who spoke fluent geek. And it was fairly easy for me to be able to sell homes to rocket science engineers and software geeks. Um, And it was off to the races because I wasn't an employee. I was an entrepreneur. I didn't have to follow any rules that made no sense to me. I made my own rules. As long as you're ethical um, and a hard worker and you were at least as smart as your clients, not an easy thing to do in the Bay Area, but I did. I was going to say you picked a good area for that, right? I mean, like, my, and my first, my first, my first client was literally a deep space communications engineer. I mean, like, who doesn't want to talk to aliens, right? So oh, that's cool. what I did, um, and that was what thirty-seven years ago. Yeah. Um, so I did all of the things that you would expect a real estate agent to do, except become a manager of a large brokerage office, because 
again, see the part where I'm not good employee material. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So reference appendix in, A. <laughs> right. <laughs> reference appendix A. So in 2014, 15, 2015, I launched my own brokerage called Digs. You know, cool digs, man. Right. It's cool people with cool homes. Right. Um, and it took me a few years to figure out that I'm not really cut out to be a brokerage owner either because I don't like to recruit. I love to work with people. I love to help them figure out how to do what it took me 30 plus years to figure out how to do, which is to become a master at developing trust relationships. That's what I do. That's what I like to do. And that's what I like to teach agents to do. Um, But I also found out that very few agents actually want that. They say they do. What they really want is to be spoon-fed a lot of strangers who are leads. And I'm I'm just not down with that. So since that's what agents wanted and that's not what I'm not about, I decided uh, during COVID, the gift that keeps on giving, to not become, not be a brokerage owner anymore. And now you see me on my current iteration trying to still figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up. So it was a little bit more than three minutes, but that did span quite a few decades. No, that you crushed that, but you did leave out your passion project, which is what you're currently really actively working on, which ties really well into what I really want the episode that we're about to dive into to be about, because You have obviously been through it all, right? You're talking about the first market crash. I wasn't even born yet, right? I was born in 1990. So that tells you how old I am. Thanks for making me feel old. (laughs) That tells you how old I am, ladies and gentlemen. Um, 33 and a half. Yeah. But the the thing that is so beautiful about your story is that you've reinvented yourself multiple times. um, Mm. And in all of those reinvents, new things have happened, right? You've embraced change. You've embraced new opportunities, Um, And just recently, I actually did a whole thing about um, if you have to implement something new. I I did a Facebook Live, lots of episodes, lots of podcasts, all of this where I was talking about, can you implement something new without changing an an existing habit or without changing the way that you like to live your life? Um, Because that's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants to be able to do something new that will help them do something better, but nobody wants to interrupt the way that they enjoy doing things. Um, Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't run off to the circus and like become a lawyer or something completely different than what I do. What I'm really good at is communication. Um whether it's speaking from stage, teaching a class or just working with someone one-on-one, I love the process of really digging into a subject and communicating in a, in a way that the other party feels like they have learned something, embraced something, and in some cases even transformed their reality. And the second thing that I really love is I just love solving for home. I, I'm not, I don't do, I've not done a lot of investors because while I've worked with investors, helping somebody make a lot of money is is a side project of what I love to do. What I love to do is to help people solve for home. When ADUs became a very big deal in California, we've had them for a long time now, but in 2020, we passed a huge raft of laws that made ADUs far more achievable for millions of Californians. 
it's fundamentally changed what is possible for a homeowner to do in their private property. When you take that and you marry that with the tremendous housing crisis that we have, not only in the lack of inventory, but in the increasing lack of affordability, ADUs become a way to create home for a lot of people. And I am Chinese, but as I often say, I Chinese skin only. My, my people have been here since the late 1800s. But culturally speaking, the Chinese understand multi-generational housing. Now, you could say, okay, well, it's those dang furners who do multi-generational housing, but that is not actually the case. Our country was founded on the idea of your brownstone on the East Coast that had the house here, a living unit up in the attic, and then a living apartment down in the basement that was either occupied by a family member that needed a place to live, or in times of financial lack, it was used as a method of financial resiliency. It gave the family an ability to rent quarters out in order to create income and by extension, some affordable housing for someone who needed a worker, a, a, a single man who was reminds just me of Yellowstone. Started. I don't know. I don't know why I'm having this thought right now, but it reminds me of Yellowstone, the TV show, right? Like you have their quarter, their main yes. house, and then you also yes. have the barn with all of the guys that work on the farm in the barn. Um, and then you have the secondary house on the property where now, you know, Beth and Rip live. But um it, it's so true. And I think our I think our country has gone so, so far away from really who we were founded on. Um, that's a, another conversation for we another We used topic, to have yeah. very, very strong communities yeah. where people could expect to live for several generations and they would form trust relationships and be able to depend on each other as a community, which went beyond even the family unit. We've gone away from that. We've become this nomad where you can't afford to live in the community where your parents lived. So you have to move out into the suburbs and then your children move out to the suburbs or to another state. Mm -hmm. And it's torn our communities apart to the point where now we have people who are just spewing hate at each other, but they, because they don't know each other, mm -hmm. they don't understand each other. They don't understand that they have more in common than they have uncommon. I think that ADUs are an opportunity for us to start going back to the way we used to be. So I have a house. I build an ADU in my backyard. I have, I have a house. Let's just pretend that I'm younger. I have a house and I have small children. You have small children. You build an ADU in your backyard and your parents now live in that ADU as opposed to an old folks home or being isolated in their home several states away. Mm -hmm. Instead, they live in my backyard and they have access to their grandchildren. And I have the peace of mind that I can take care of my parents when they need to. Once they pass away, maybe my children now can move into that ADU instead of trying to figure out how to afford rent in some yeah. apartment in a probably very sketchy neighborhood because that's all they can afford. Instead, they live in the ADU and instead of paying all of their salary for rent, they either pay a nominal fee to me as the parent or maybe no fee at all and they can save money 
to buy a house nearby, Mm -hmm. right? And the cycle just continues so that we now can return to a community where families can expect to have family members living nearby. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh my gosh, my heart, just the thought of knowing that that that's really the backstory. Cause I mean, I know, I know a lot about you and I know a lot about what you're doing, but to hear you articulate it that way and um, to show not just me, but hopefully everybody that's listening, that there's so much more to what this housing crisis really looks like and, and what our country is really dealing with right now. Um, it is. It's big. And let's it's talk really about, big. can we talk about housing affordability for a second oh, it's, and it's how difficult it is? Yeah. Now think about it this way, and this is this is the same across the country because this these are I'm I'd be talking about using normal Fannie Mae products, loan products. It is possible for a first-time home buyer to buy a house. Let's just say that they've been able to accumulate a 20% down payment on a house. They can buy that house and then finance the construction of an ADU. And then once that ADU is finished, they can rent out that ADU and their total monthly payment, once you factor in the rent for the ADU, is less than what they would have paid if they just bought the house and lived in it. Mm-hmm. How amazing is that? Will that change the calculus of who can afford to actually buy a house? And then... Is it possible that this financial resiliency will allow them to buy a better house and have rental income? Yeah, it, it, there's so many layers to it. And I think the the big question, and there's lots of questions in my brain right now, but the big question is when you and I met a year and plus ago, it's been a little over a year now, um, there was a lot going on for you with with this ADU conversation. It was very... I don't want to say new by any means, but you were very much so in the trenches of really trying to figure out a way to communicate the message that you just shared with us. Um, yeah. In the last year, you've obviously been able to do that in a significant way. And um, But I, I personally believe you're just barely getting started. Um, <laughs> so, But when, when you and I connected, there was some goals that you had as far as how can you create an opportunity for other people to really understand this and how can you create conversations around people who are even interested in understanding it at all, right? Or or, or even yeah. being part of the conversation um, from the sort of the ground floor, right? Of like, does this make sense for me? Does it not? I don't know. Let's have a conversation about it. Um, so will you talk to me a little bit about your journey towards, and everybody knows that I'm the Instagram girl. So obviously we'll, we'll lead with that. Um, will you talk to me about your journey towards why you decided to build this masterclass that we're going to get some time to talk about? And, and also at what point did you decide social was a place that you knew you needed to spread the message and actually try to convert with the message? Well, the first thing that I want everybody to understand is that while I started an ADU company that built and installed prefabricated ADUs, we're no longer doing that because Essentially, we all decided as partners that we just weren't interested in running a construction business. So what I am doing now, um, 100% of my efforts is focused on educating homeowners, but more interesting to me than homeowners is actually educating real estate agents on how to overcome some of the fears that you might have in a major construction project in your backyard, because 
building an ADU is essentially building a mini house in your backyard. And most people consider that daunting, overwhelming, and perhaps even unachievable. And what I discovered as I was going through my process of learning about ADUs is that while contractors, many of them are wonderful, honest, hardworking human beings, they are not trained as communicators. They're just not. And real estate agents are absolutely trained to have difficult conversations with individual homeowners. I like to call them mom, pa, Kent. They're trained to, to, to educate mom, pa, Kent, all of the steps and to help guide them through the things that might be scary or overwhelming, and also to give them the resources that they need to actually accomplish their goals. Yeah. And so I think that if I can train real estate agents, if I can help real estate agents understand the stuff that they don't understand. Clue, you need a lot more than to wave your hands and say, there's room for an ADU in the backyard. Mom, Pa, Kent might look at you and say, well, yeah, there's room in the backyard for the ADU, but there's so many steps between here and an ADU in my backyard that I just can't even deal with it. But if the real estate agent was able to say, well, yes, there are a lot of steps. Here's what the steps are. And here are the vetted resources you need to actually accomplish it. And here's what your financial and real life will be like once the ADU is completed. If I could help real estate agents connect all of those dots, then I know why we'll have helped way more mom, pa, Kent's than I could do on my own. Now I know a lot of real estate agents in California, but I don't know very many people. Well, I should say, I know a lot of real estate agents in Los Angeles and Southern California. But in order to create a trust relationship with people beyond my own sphere, I needed the help of social media. Now I'm also an older person who is also interested in a lot of things besides being on social media and doing cute TikTok videos, which <laughs> I still haven't done. Don't need yeah. to. I don't do them either. Yeah. Don't need to. Second thing, your first I'm not going to dance. I am not going to rap. I'm not going to rap. I'm not going to dance. And I'm not going to play some character or put on makeup in order to do these videos, right? So I needed somebody who believes what I believe in which is developing trust relationships. And that's you and your company. Well, I appreciate I appreciate that. I, we're rooted in one thing, right? In communication. And that's a word you've used many times, even in the 30 minutes that we've been recording already, which is, yeah. can you communicate? Can you actually get into somebody's brain and help them understand? Um, because I don't know about you, but I'm you know, 33 and a half. And my, still to this day, my favorite things are when you sit and you're like, oh my gosh, I get it now. Like you have that light bulb moment and it, it, it takes the right person. And the analogy I always use is um, I, as an athlete, right? I've had many coaches over the course of my career um, as, as an athlete, both in CrossFit and as a competitive swimmer for 22 years. But um, the, the thing that became very apparent to me over the course of my career is that not every coach is going to get to you in the, in the same way, right? Some coaches are going to say certain things in a certain way and it's going to land um, and somebody could say the exact same thing, literally verbatim, but it could just hit different and feel different. Um, and you're going to process it different, which creates different results. Right. So, you know, all the way back to like the recruiting process, when you're getting through to figuring out where you want to go to college, when you're in that position, 
Um, I mean, I went on five different recruiting trips and there was one college that was like, nope, that's it. I don't care if they offer me a scholarship or not. That's it. Um, and that's important, right? And that's, that's what it comes down to is, um, can you really connect to somebody to help them understand and feel intuitively that this is the right thing for me? And I think what you're doing is that exact thing, right? You're finding your people that you can connect to and say, this is something that if you don't understand, I'm going to help you understand it. And more importantly, I'm going to help the light bulb go off where all of a sudden the fear and the anxiety and all of the things that go into getting you from here to there's an ADU in my backyard evaporate, right? Because now it's I mean, so many real estate agents, real estate agents, at least all over California, and I think in a lot of states, because this conversation is happening across the country. Mm. So many real estate agents are being asked about ADUs and they would like to have great answers, which is excellent. But I think we can take it so much further. And that's really what communication is all about, right? Mm. Yeah, without question. And I think you're you're doing what you're doing in a very unique way. And, and I think that's the power of what we're trying to talk about because there is so many people across the country that are having this conversation, but it's kind of like the fake news conversation that's out there, right? Of like, what's true, what's not true. Um, and it's really important, I feel like, to find your source and find the person that you can really connect with and resonate with. And more importantly, the person that's willing to go through the the, the process of talking through it, right? Because I've had lots of people who I've spoken to over the years, and I'm, I'm going to put my money on the fact that you have where people will hire us versus other people because we actually take the time to shut up and listen to them, right? And, and Ooh, it's not yeah. about us, it's about them. Um, right. And so you've done, I, from what I've seen, and I, again, a year and a half of, of being part of your life, I've seen that relationship with the people that you're trying to communicate this with really evolve. And you're sort of allowing them to help spread the message. Mm -hmm. And then really social media or Instagram in this case for us, um, supporting you has just put fire on the, or gasoline on the fire, right? More so than the alternative. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Well, I, I want to talk about your strategy here. So one of the things about Instagram and, and those people who um, are part of my community, you, you've heard of the 4520 rule. Um, Kendall, you obviously know of the 4520 rule. Um, that was something that we we connected on about a year ago now. But um, when it comes to your strategy for what you're trying to do, right, you're trying to spread your message what does that conversation look like, right? So if you're on Instagram and you're, you see somebody or a realtor that posts about it, or you see any realtor whatsoever, even if they're not posting about ADUs, what's the strategy with how you want to conversate with them to even bring this ADU conversation up? Um, Gosh, what is my strategy? It has a lot to do with finding out where that real estate agent is right? We've been talking about communication. The other vocabulary word that goes hand in hand with that is empathy. Mm-hmm. Understanding what that agent is about, because if it's a bro dude who's only interested in faceless leads, I got nowhere to go with that, right? But if it's someone who's struggling to figure out how to help their client, either with affordability or just the lack of options that are out there. Um, Maybe it's someone who is wanting to house their elderly mother and father and looking for it. They're from the get-go, they're looking for multi-generational housing. 
Maybe it's someone who is looking for a short-term or mid-term rental business. All of these things are valid with ADUs. And it's a matter of asking some questions before, basically it's that old adage, before you try to promote yourself, seek to understand, Mm -hmm. right? And that's really where it comes from. It's just seeking to understand. Living in a land of curiosity is what I always say, right? How curious are you? And by being curious, you're asking more questions. Um, Interested, not interesting. mm -hmm. Yep. And, And I think that's, really what we do with Instagram, right? And our, our goal is to teach you, Kendall, and, and anybody for that matter, right? Asking questions and being really hyper-focused on getting that person to open up. That's the battle that we're facing, right? And I think that's the the struggle that a lot of people have with social um, in this case, because they're like, well, I don't want, I don't have time for small talk. Well, then you don't have time to do more business. Sorry, right? <laughs> That's the reality of this. If you don't have time for small talk, you don't have time to do more business because you are in the business of getting to know people, quite frankly. Um, and I think that the ADU conversation is still, in, in from my perspective, on the vendor side of the real estate community or the mortgage community, um, the ADU conversation is in its infancy still, right? It's not it really, is. really that talked about, which is a sad thing in itself. Well, it's, it's talked about a lot in California because it's been such a hotbed here for a while. But I will tell you, if you if you jump on somebody's Instagram post and you immediately say, hey, it looks like you like ADUs. I teach about ADUs. Want to take my ADU masterclass? Is the surest way to shut that conversation down immediately. Absolutely. Yeah? So, so you, have, you have a masterclass coming up. And I think that's what I want to talk about for another few minutes here is... Sure your thought process behind how to market it and, and really what that is going to look like, because this is your passion project, right? Yes, you are actively selling real estate. Yes, you can help someone buy or sell in your area. But your real passion here is being able to spread this message. And if you can talk to people through the platform to get them to be interested in that message, that's where I feel like your fire will get lit, right? And that's where you're going to be the happiest. So when it comes to promoting your masterclass, how do you want to go about doing it? And, and really, who is the person that needs to hear it? All of the real estate agents need to hear it because all of the clients, again, mostly what I know is California, yeah. um, all of the clients are aware of ADUs and that the hottest topic of conversation in real estate here in California. And again, many, many states like Washington, Oregon. Um, I just got off the phone with an agent in Maryland uh, where she, that state is starting to really talk about ADU. So it's everywhere. What I want to do is to help agents understand that they can go beyond just reciting what their local or state ADU laws are. They can actually use this information to create a whole new pool of clients and investors that because they are giving information that no other real estate agent is really giving and because they are offering resources that nobody else has taken the time to develop, they will be creating not the, I put it on a sticker and stick it on all of my stuff. I have real estate clients for life. Oh my gosh. But instead truly being such a valuable source of information that they do earn the right to do additional bits of business. So let's put it this way. 
if a first time home buyer is hoping to buy a house and every real estate agent they talk to says, well, you, you can't really afford to buy what you want to buy. So like, it's not going to happen, mm-hmm. but they talk to you and you're like, well, actually, yes, you can do it. And here is how you do it with the financing and the resources and that buyer is able to buy a house and then build an ADU and then rent out that ADU and have comfortable mortgage payments. Yeah. What how are does, the chances? Can I pause you really fast? How does the yeah. mortgage interest rate affect? This is a really, this is literally a me as a consumer question, right? Yes. How do yes. the interest rates currently in the state of our economy affect somebody's ability to build an ADU? Does it, does it not? And I think that's the point. It does. I mean, you can't get away from the fact that interest rates are much higher than they were two years ago. By the way, newsflash, two, 3% mortgage interest rates are not coming back. Ever. Stop asking me. <laughs> <laughs> However, we do say, and I've been saying this for four decades, um, date the rate, marry the house. Mm-hmm. And even with today's interest rates, you're still going to be able to buy a house with 20% down, finance the build of a new construction ADU, and you will still have a, in all, well, not, I, I can't say this is going to be across the board, but it would be a very unusual situation where you wouldn't be able to rent the ADU for a net positive cash flow. So, reducing your mortgage payment by at least a little bit in a worst case, but in most cases it will be significant even at today's interest rates. And here's why we say date the rate, marry the house. At some point, probably next year, according to most of the forecasts that I read, the interest rates are going to come down. Maybe a lot, maybe a little, but they're going to come down next year. So every time that interest rate goes down, you refinance and you'll be able to lower your monthly payments, but rents are not likely to come down, right? So that means that your monthly payment may come down as interest rates fall and you can refinance, but your rents are going to stay the same. And in most urban places, they're going to increase. So you see that gap? It's finger, it's finger, finger. And yeah. those of you guys who can't see this and are li- just listening to us, right? That's the value, right? Is the difference in that gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it, there's just something about that's on my heart to say in this moment, which is this is a conversation that most real estate agents can't have. So when, when a buyer calls and says, this is the most that I can afford, they have an issue at that point, right? Oh, well, my maximum mortgage payment is $4,000 a month. I can't go over that. Okay. Well, we have an issue, right? So how can we navigate that issue and what are some creative options? And I think right now today, more important than ever, specifically with social media, specifically even more hyper-focused with Instagram and Facebook, right? Which are the primary platforms for what we're talking about here. Um, this conversation has to happen if you want any market share, right? Because I think what we're realizing is um, and, and there is a stat actually from Far- Forbes, which is a, a publication I follow heavily, um, as well as Business Insider and some other bigger business platforms. But um, that mortgage applications in January, which is when everybody has to renew, the amount of LOs that are going to be in the industry is going to be less than half, right? So we have 160,000 active licenses. The expectation in January is that that's about half, if not less than half, right? That's a massive um, change in 
who's going to be out there for people to consume information from. So if you are planning on being one of those people, whether you are, are on the real estate side or on the mortgage side, who are planning on renewing your license, right? What's your message? Now, more than more than ever, I feel like the message is so important because if you cannot capture my attention with something that gives me a creative solution to the problem that the world is having, in this case, when it comes to buying a house, I will move on. I will go find someone who will give me the answer or give me at least the time of day to have the conversation to find the creative solution. Um, and Kendall, what I, what you are doing is that conversation, in my opinion, it really, really is. Well, it really is. And if I could just take a second to just touch on the conversation happening, um, right now with the NARs, you know, the lawsuit that's going on, one of the possible consequences of that is the structure of the buyer's agent compensation could change dramatically. And I don't want to get into like a huge detail because that's not the point of this podcast. But the the upshot is if you are not a buyer's agent who can communicate, here's that word again, the value that you bring to a client, you will not be able to earn a commission. Wouldn't it be amazing if you had knowledge that is of obvious and immediate and communicatable value to a potential buyer, which is, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, I have the plan and the resources that will help you afford a house that you didn't think you could afford. How valuable would that be? And how much more competitive you would be to be able to get a buyer's agency contract signed? I'm just saying, this is a tool nobody has. Mm -hmm. And I could deliver, I could help deliver that to you. Yeah, no question. Um, my my hope in this moment is, I mean, you and I could talk about ADUs forever, but I think that, and what you're doing forever, that's the easy part of what we're, what we're doing here. Um, but the harder part is for people to figure out that Instagram is a great platform to share such a message, right? Because yes. the people who you're talking about with the multi-generational interests, right? I mean, I'm I'm one of them, right? Like I've, I've called my parents 15 times in the last year and been like, why are you still in California? No offense, Kendall, right? Um, but my sister lives in Denver and, and my husband and I live in Tennessee. Um, and for, for us, we both have kids, which are their grandbabies. And we're like, why are you still in Southern California? Um, remind me, um, you know, and their, their conversation is always the same or their answer, I should say, is always the same. But the reality is, is that my parents are older. My dad's almost 70, right? And my mom is 65. And and it gets to a place where as their children, that we want, we want them close by, right? Not just as our parents, but as people who we want to be invested in, in our kids, in now my kids' lives. Um, And so I think this conversation is relevant. I think it's powerful, but more importantly, the people who have to make these decisions the kids of the of the world like myself that have to make these decisions when we are starting to think about buying another house um, or moving, this is the conversation that needs to be had. Um, and it's just not being done. It's not being done well, at least. Um, so except by you, but I'm housing not. is a crisis everywhere. So trust me on this, these conversations will become normal. And secondary dwellings of all flavors will be as ubiquitous and common to residential housing as second bathrooms are today. So oh, that should be a meme. We have to get on the stick. We do. I feel like that needs to be a meme. We need to make that. 
ASAP. Um, okay. <laughs> well, Kendall, you do have a big masterclass coming up that you're getting ready to launch. You haven't released the date yet, but that's on purpose, right? So those of you guys who are yeah. listening, go follow Kendall on Instagram if you're not already. Um, but Kendall, what is your plan for the masterclass? And then I guess the question being, uh, what's coming up for you and how can we find you ties perfectly into that? <laughs> okay. Well, the, uh, the masterclass first, uh, the masterclass is going to cover pretty much soup to nuts. What I had to learn when I started getting into this ADU business, because the construction process is way more complicated and home building process is way more complicated than you thought. So we're going to start with rules and then we're going to get into ROI. What makes sense? We're going to be talking about loans and ways to get financing and what does it actually look like with real case studies so that you can understand when I say when you build an ADU, you can positive cash flow. What does that mean in cold, hard cash? Then we're going to talk about how you identify properties and vet them because some properties are going to be better candidates for a whole host of reasons than others. So how do you vet the properties? What does ADU design look like? What are, what are design aspects that are higher ROI than others? Right. And then we will talk about the construction process, not like how do you build an ADU, because that would be boring and it would take more than the few hours that I've set aside, but more how do you find and vet your contractors and your designers? Because everybody knows of at least one and probably several horror stories that somebody that you know has been through. Yeah. In construction, right? Yep. And the biggest fear is I don't want to build an ADU because I don't want to get disappointed, taken, gypped, lose money, make a mistake on a bad contractor, right? Yeah. So we'll talk about how to find and vet contractors. What are the co what are the questions you need to ask so that you can refer a contractor and a designer, and in many times both, with confidence and not have your reputation tarnished because you refer to contractor who then cheated somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like and how do you do it? And this is the soup to nuts that our sales practitioners need to know to be able to develop this secondary income stream. Cause quite frankly, this is what it is. You're developing another income stream that you didn't have before and using your ADU expertise to do it. So that's what we're going to be going through on the ADU masterclass. Um, in its current form, it is four hours. Um, and there is Are a currently Are you 30. No? I'm sorry. Are you CEing it for anybody? I haven't even gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Yeah. So not, not at this point. So it's four hours. Um, there's currently a 38 page handbook that will probably be more by the time I do that. I've, I've taught this class three times now. Um, so it's still evolving as I develop it for eventually an on-demand certification course. So, but we're not there so yet. My head, yeah. my head just goes straight to CE because any realtor that will, I guess in theory, right. If you, if you think about it this way, they should take it because it's really, really valuable, not because it's CE credit. Um, yeah. Because I think yeah. sometimes people take CE classes because it's, oh, I checked my box. I got my license hours that I needed. Um, but guys, if you're if you're not taking a class like this, if you're not spending time learning about things like this, uh, you're just doing not just yourself a disservice, but your clients a disservice. And I think that that's where the issue really lies. Um, but Kendall, how can we find you on Instagram, Facebook, wherever else? I'm everywhere at Kendall Young, K-E-N-D-Y-L, 
Y-O-U-N-G.com. That's my website. So <laughs> I love it so much. Well, Kendall, you're just amazing in my eyes. I can't see anybody who's doing this even close to what you're doing. And um, I'm super proud to know you, super proud to have you on the podcast. And for those of you guys who are listening, if you loved Kendall and you loved her as a guest on my show, please feel free to leave us a review. Reviews are everything, right? It keeps us rolling. It keeps us going. Um, and also, if you have other people that you think I should interview, reach out. But Kendall, thank you so much. I cannot even explain to you how excited I am for this masterclass. It's going to be amazing. You're going to crush it. And everyone who is there is going to walk away with so much information. But until the next episode, guys, thank you so much. And we will see you in the next episode of Coffee and Questions. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.